Welcome to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Achieving bigger and better results with money, family, and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself. It's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work. Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Maximizing Outcomes with Jim McGovern. Jim, what's going on? Eric, not too much. We got another great guest lined up for today's episode, and I just want to set the context like I usually do about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, We're going to be diving into the world of auto insurance, homeowners insurance, and umbrella insurance. But we're going to be taking a quite of a different angle with this. Uh, you know, it's funny when you, I can't watch a TV show anymore without getting a, an advertisement at the break for some kind of an auto insurance company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I must say they, they have like the best marketing departments ever because they get these jingles that are like stuck in your head. And like, I swear I haven't had a chicken parm sandwich in the last several years without thinking about a particular company. So, uh, the messaging is unbelievable, but a lot of times the focus of these ads is about price, and it's about how do you quickly save, you know, ten or fifteen percent on your premiums. How do you how do you qualify for different discounts? And as I'm saying this, the audience is probably even thinking of ads that they're seeing on a regular basis as well. So I want to take a completely different look at this. Forget the premiums for a moment. I want to look at the quality of the coverage. And when we're thinking about this, I want the context to be different. I don't want people to be thinking about, you know, if I wreck my car. Do I get my car back? Of course, we want to make sure you get your car back. Or if your house burns to the ground, we want to make sure the entire house is rebuilt the same way it was before the fire. Mm-hmm. But I want to I want to look at this even bigger because what's at stake is not just the property that you're insuring. It's also the other assets that you have. It's also the income that you are going to earn over the rest of your career. So that's really the lens we want to look at this through. So just before I, I bring in our guest, I want everyone to think about the household income they have right now. And just multiply in your head, multiply that annual household income times the number of years that you expect to work. So your auto and home and umbrella insurance should be reflective of protecting that amount of money, plus you know raises you're going to get along the way as well, and all the assets that you have. So just a quick example, I ran some numbers before we jumped on here that you know somebody with a, with a higher income level, maybe they make $500,000 a year and they're 40 years old, and they're going to work for 25 more years. If they just get 4% pay raises throughout the rest of their career, they're going to earn an additional $20 million between now and age 65. All right. So again, whatever your number is, you know, for the audience that's listening, just do your own math in this and just think about your car insurance and your umbrella insurance through that lens, because odds are when we do that, a lot of folks find that they are drastically underinsured and are underprotected against things like lawsuits. So with that, I want to introduce Mike Moore who is with the Marsh McLennan Agency in Pittsburgh. Mike, welcome to Maximizing Outcomes. Thank you, Jim, and uh, happy to be here, and thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. You're an expert that we lean on quite a bit for this kind of information. And uh, just before we get started, just tell the audience a little bit about your background and what you do over at Marsh McLennan. Sure. Yeah, thanks. So I'm a senior, senior business development executive with Marsh McLennan Agency Private Client Services Division. I've been doing this work for about 11 years now. Uh, helping successful families by building and maintaining personal risk plans. I'm a certified personal risk manager as well as a certified advisor of personal insurance. And here at Marsh McLennan Agency, our philosophy is that we're going to design insurance solutions that are just as unique as our clients. 
with expertise, personal approach, and in-depth industry knowledge necessary to protect our clients' wealth and safeguards the things and people that they love. Beautiful. So let's let's start off with uh, my favorite topic in this whole property and casualty world, which is this threat of getting sued. Because you know you hear stories of people that get sued, and of course nobody wants to be sued, but you know things can pop up out of nowhere, and they can be multi-million dollar. Uh, situations where you know people have, have significant damages and and your entire life savings can flash between you know right in front of your eyes. Uh, so, Mike, you were you were telling me a story a couple of weeks ago about um, you know somebody one of your clients that was going through a lawsuit that had an accident in their pool. So, wh- why don't you just you know tell us about something like that, whether it's an accident with a pool or some other situations where you see massive lawsuits pop up for your clients? Yeah, yes, yeah, so this one was pretty tragic and sad, and and uh, I'll say. For my clients, it was pretty lucky that about two years prior to this accident, we did uh, a review and built a great program to help protect them. And so I'll, I'll backtrack to whenever I first spoke with the clients and we started building their plan. Uh, going into it, they they were with a local regional sort of insurer, and uh, they only had a million dollars of umbrella liability coverage. And through the whole process, we upgraded their coverages and we ended up with a total of $11 million of liability between a million dollars on their homeowners and an additional $10 million through an umbrella policy. And now fast forward about two years and my client was having a pool party and one of their guests uh, might've had a little bit too much to drink and dove into the shallow end of the pool and, and injury happened and, and uh, is now unfortunately paralyzed and, no ability to work uh, in the same capacity that he did previously, and um, life has changed drastically. And so um, from then, uh, it's still ongoing, but uh, now my clients have the protection of the umbrella coverage that I put in for them, and as well as the carrier is paying to defend them through this whole drawn-out process, right? And so it's expected to settle for about 9 million. Um, luckily we're right underneath the, uh, the $10 million mark there. So, um, so it's, it's no out of pocket expenses for my client, um, at this time for this incident, but, um, it just goes to show that does happen. This is a local to Pittsburgh, uh, sort of, um, claim, uh, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. So people say that stuff never happens to this area. It's only in Florida or New York or California, but large, large judgments are popping up all over the country, even in our area here, suburban Pennsylvania. So, Mike, that, it's a it's a powerful story because I think it it shows people not only how life can change in the blink of an eye, but also you know the the size of these lawsuits are uh, they're enormous. And it goes back to what I was saying when we started the show that you think about the earnings that you'll have over a career. I mean, it's a multi million dollar number. So if somebody is is injured and they lose their ability to work. When they hire a lawyer, I mean, that's really the starting point for these these lawsuits. Um, any other situations you've seen pop up, like with car insurance or car accidents where a similar claim has occurred in a vehicle? Yeah. Uh, one of my colleagues in Chicago um, recently had this claim, and one of their uh, client's daughter was driving, um, unfortunately was texting uh, while she was driving, but ended up uh, rear-ending a vehicle pretty bad at a high speed. And uh, she had some minor injuries, uh, but the driver of the other vehicle unfortunately passed away as a result of the accident. And my um, my colleague's client was sued for $15 million in a wrongful 
death lawsuit. So uh, they did have the coverage and uh, and was protected. Uh, but I'd say most of our higher net worth clients, when we get in and we start digging in and building plans, if they do have an umbrella, it's probably for one or two million, like you were alluding to in the intro, Jim. And mm-hmm. they really don't uh, it, don't understand that they have a bigger need for for more liability coverage. Because what happens, what I see is that you know people, you know, their career progresses fairly quickly sometimes, and you know when they put that umbrella policy in place, it, it seemed like a lot of coverage. But you fast forward five, ten years later, and it, it's it's no longer as significant of a size of a policy as it once was. So let, let's just take a step back because I know there's some people listening in that are asking, like, you know, what is an umbrella policy? I've never heard of that before. Sure. So can you just spend a minute talking about, you know, when you're like, for example, in a car accident and you're sued, like how the car insurance protects you and then where it falls short and then what an umbrella policy is and how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So your auto policy is going to have liability coverage built in. That's going to have coverage for you um, for damaging the the uh, other person's vehicle, as well as any bodily injury you would do to other folks. Uh, and so that coverage is usually a couple hundred thousand dollars if it's a, a solid policy. And from there, if you need more coverage than that, the damages exceed the limit on the auto policy, then that's where the umbrella policy kicks in and is going to cover you for anything over and above that up to obviously the limit of the umbrella policy as well. And it's the same for a homeowner's uh, policy as well, or a boat policy. All of these policies have underlying liability limits. And then if those are exhausted, then the um, umbrella will kick in and go over top of that. Excellent. So I think there's some people listening in, they're thinking, okay, uh, you know, five, 10, $15 million of li- liability limits, that must be really expensive, but it's not really the case. Can you of course, everybody's situation is different, but can you give us kind of a range of what a what an average cost is per million of umbrella insurance? Well, like you said, it is a range, and it's going to depend on a lot of things as far as the amount of exposure there there is, meaning um, how many drivers are in the household, how many vehicles, how many homes, are there watercraft, and different things like that. Uh, but I can tell you, I just did a $5 million umbrella for someone who just owned one home. It had two cars and it was $550 a year. So oh. very inexpensive. And yeah. so typically some, every carrier works different in their pricing models, but a lot of the carriers we work with, you know, as we get larger in the limits, the likelihood of a claim at those levels goes down and down. And so, so the premium will go down as well on the per million price. So it's uh it's, Every every case is different, though. So, <laughs> right, but it's it's obviously it's, it's well within reach of most yeah. people, right? And and sometimes it's a matter of just you know, maybe changing things, like bumping a deductible up. That might help save some some money, and you can yeah, use yeah. that to help defray the the cost of the umbrella coverage. And you guys do a great job of putting that whole package together for people. Yeah, and the I would say that the umbrella policy is you know gives you the most value for your insurance dollar. It's um, cheap when you really compare it to the amount of coverage that you're getting from it. So it's um, definitely a big, uh, big topic that we probably the biggest topic, whenever we're doing a review is how much umbrella coverage are we going to purchase? And, uh, and, you know, how are we going to offset that cost? Like you said, like maybe increase the deductible and, and, uh, and what's going to be the best plan moving forward. Excellent. So let, let's stick with this whole liability theme here for a couple more minutes, because there, there's a few other topics I want to dive into. One is, you know, if we're in an accident, we don't have any control over, you know, somebody who hits us, right? Obviously, if we had to control that, we'd avoid the accident in the first place. But, 
you know, it might be that maybe, uh, you know, your higher income, higher net worth, and somebody hits you and they're at fault and they have no coverage at all, or they have very little coverage. What can, what can our clients do to protect themselves in a situation like that? So they can kind of take control of the matter themselves and have their own policy, take care of their damages. Yeah. Uh, so uh, built into the actual auto policy, um, I, I shouldn't say built in, this is an optional coverage. You don't have to purchase it, um, but a good auto policy that's built would have this coverage. It's called um, uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. So we always suggest to our clients to max this coverage out because it's that's what's going to protect our clients uh, in those scenarios like you were talking about. At, another at-fault driver causes injury to to our insured and there's no coverage or, or not enough coverage for the damages inflicted. And even above and beyond what you can max out on an auto policy, you can purchase excess limits on the umbrella policy as well. So it's kind of like a rider um in addition to the liability coverage given by the umbrella, it's uh, excess uninsured and underinsured motorists. Some people abbreviate it, call it UMUIM, uh, if you hear that. Uh, but that's 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 the that's a very important coverage that we that we talk about because if somebody has a major injury as a result of an accident, you know their lives could be turned upside down, and they might need to retrofit their home to be more accessible uh, because maybe they're wheelchair bound or have other needs. Uh, just, there's a lot of different costs and maybe they can't work, you know, maybe they're a surgeon and they can't uh, do surgeries anymore because their arm was broken and, and they can't have the same steadiness that they had before. So it's, uh, it's definitely a very, very important coverage to have. So on those lines, you know, you think about folks that are, uh, you know, financially, they're making a great living. They have a lot of assets. A lot of times people get asked to serve on boards, right? They have uh, perhaps they have some some staff at home. They have, you know, a nanny full time to help take care of the kids. There's some unique liabilities that I think a lot of people uh, kind of look past. They don't, don't even consider them. So can you talk about some of the liabilities that you face if you're on a board or if you have, you know, domestic staff and, and what people can do to protect against lawsuits in those situations? Yeah, yeah. So I would say a nonprofit board uh, is we're able to actually add coverage to the umbrella policy to get some nonprofit uh, directors and officers coverage for, for those clients. And people say, well, my, you know, the company that I'm on the board for, like they, they have that coverage. I don't, I don't need that. Well, let's say you're on a board with nine other folks. So 10 people total, there's a million dollar policy in place. How much is left per person, right? If something happens, there's a hundred thousand dollars per person on that, on that policy. And they say the injuries are much more than that. Do you think that they're just going to settle for a million dollars? No, they're going to go after assets wherever they can. And, and so that's where this personal nonprofit directors and officers coverage comes in place play. It's very inexpensive as a rider onto that umbrella policy we we're talking about. And it's very, very important because the the last thing that you want is you know your charitable actions and and efforts to to end up being a burden to yourself because of a decision that you made and wipes out so, your life savings. You're trying to do the right thing. And, yeah, yeah. So so it's uh it could be very impactful. And also you mentioned having a domestic staff like a nanny, um, or a chef or a driver or personal assistant. Uh, it's very important just like a business has it, it's employment practices, liability coverage. And so that's going to cover any liability uh, arising from the employment practices. So whether it be uh, if you unintendedly 
fired one of your domestic staff and it was not for an appropriate reason. Uh, I can give an example that one of my colleagues had. They they had a nanny when the, when their son was first born and they, it was an older a woman that, that did it. They loved it because this older woman just cuddled the baby all day and it was great. And then the uh, their son started getting older and started running around a little bit more and the nanny just didn't seem to be able to to keep up with the with the uh with the son so they laid this nanny off and hired a younger uh nanny to take over and was sued for age discrimination unbelievable and is and it was innocent it wasn't you know they weren't trying to be malicious in this at all it was just you know hey we need somebody who can keep up with our kid right and yeah. so so it's uh it's it's something that's settled for a couple million, uh, but it's it's something you know that you can uh, you can protect yourself with with again with another rider on the umbrella policy for this and um, and so it's there's a lot of different liabilities that I think our clients face because you know they leave they live unique lives you know they they have the nannies they have they serve on the, these boards uh, they have you know high powered vehicles and you know they have vacation homes or watercraft and so their exposures are greater and so they definitely have a need for for higher limits and more comprehensive liability coverage that's crazy i mean you think about like the nanny situation i mean it's almost like you know if you have an employee that just isn't able to perform sometimes you have to part ways with that employee and here something as innocent as hey we just need somebody that can keep up with a kid next thing you know you're in a lawsuit well the the problem comes into because it's very casual it's you know because it's a a household employee it's not a really a business is there's no employee handbook right and that really keeps uh the rules and and everything in in one place that it's understood by the employer and the employee and uh and so that's something that we can actually consult on as well at at my firm we have folks that can help develop a employee handbook uh, or at least refer you to a company who can if if it's out of our scope, but um, to help protect from those sort of scenarios as well. So Mike, one more question for you on the umbrella insurance before we shift gears. Uh, I've heard this a lot where, you know, I'll explain a lot of this to our clients and, and this isn't the business that we're in. We don't handle auto insurance, homeowners, umbrella insurance for our clients. You know, we we work with somebody like Mike and, you know, we, we educate our clients on here's the gaps that we're seeing. And you know, we get them in touch with a professional who can handle this. But a lot of folks say, you know what, I'm just going to go back to my existing company. And they'll they'll tell us, they say, you know, I, I talked to my agent and they said that you can't get an umbrella policy bigger than $2 million, or you can't get it one bigger than $5 million. Can you just talk about what some of the uh, the reason reasons why people here, these limits are smaller and and, the, and what carriers out there will go up to much larger amounts and like, like what the biggest policy is that's available to somebody? <laughs> well, uh, I'd say they're probably... If you're suggesting that they have more liability coverage and their agents can't provide that, I think that they're probably using the wrong agent, um, and they're and that agent's probably using the wrong carriers for for that client. So, uh, the carriers that we see advertised on TV, uh, they're probably limited, like you said, to two million. Maybe some can go to five million if needed, uh, but really their wheelhouse is probably one or $2 million of liability coverage. Whereas the carriers that Marsh McLennan agency works with can go north of 25 million. And then if we need even more than that, then we can uh, find something on uh, like a specialty insurance marketplace to sit on excess of whatever we can get from the primary carriers. So capacity is really the, 
least of the concerns, right? So if you're being told that, hey, this is the highest that's available, it, it may just be the, that's just the the product shelf that that agent's working with. That's just the highest that shelf will go. Yeah. Yeah. We we can find limits uh, for whatever limit a client wants, typically. I mean, unless there's something crazy happening, you know, maybe they're being sued and it's ongoing and it's a big public ordeal or something like that. But it's a, uh, we can really find whatever limit our clients need, whether that's through their primary umbrella carrier or finding different layers to sit on top of what they have um, have currently. We, we can we can find the coverage for them, whatever whatever's needed. So let's shift gears. Let, let's talk about homeowner's insurance for a little bit, because I think a lot of times people, you know, they get a policy when they move into a house, everything's fine. And the house starts to, you know, increase in value over time. They put some work into the house and they just kind of assume that, yeah, if the house burns to the ground, I get this house back. And that's not always the case. So can you talk about some of the things that uh, folks really should be looking out for in their homeowner's insurance policy and just some of the the unique ways that these unique properties can be fully protected? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing to look for on a homeowner's policy is a clause called guaranteed replacement cost. So what that says is, you know, we think they're, they're going to say, we think it's going to cost, you know, let's say 1.5 million to rebuild your home from the ground up. However, say it does burn to the ground. We're going to pay whatever it actually costs to rebuild it. Even if that's $3 million, doesn't matter. There's no do- real dollar limit to it. That would be the first thing that I'd look for in a homeowner's policy, because like you said, you know, you buy a policy, you start doing a little bit of work to it, you know, going through something like COVID where labor was hard to come by, materials were hard to come by. So those costs just shot through the roof. And a lot of, a lot of folks didn't have, if they had lost their home during COVID, they didn't have enough coverage to rebuild it the way that it was uh, built prior because the cost was just significant. So they're either, either waiting it out to rebuild until the cost would come back down, or they're just saying they're paying out of pocket for the difference or they build a smaller house. So it's, uh, it's it's definitely it was a problem. Um, so those those skyrocketing costs are calming back down a little bit right now, uh, but it's uh, it's still a big problem. And you'd also look for an agency that's going to review these numbers with you every year, talk to you, say, hey, what work have you done to the house over this past year? Did you redo a kitchen, finish your basement, add a pool, um, just to make sure that the limits are still adequate for what you need. And, uh, and so the guaranteed replacement cost gives you that peace of mind that, that it's going to be covered. And the carriers that will provide that are the carriers I was mentioning previously about the umbrella coverage, the Chubb insurance, the pure insurance, Cincinnati, AIG, Berkeley one, and those sort of carriers. And, and these companies don't just take your word for it. You're like, Hey, I put a pool in it costs X amount of money. Okay, great. What do they do to actually come out and assess the value of the property just to make sure that the policy is, is accurate? Yeah. So typically say we move somebody from a standard market carrier to Chubb insurance. Uh, we we're going to do our best job to estimate what it would cost to rebuild the home from the ground up. And also any of the detached structures, like you mentioned the pool, and that's what we're going to quote. And we'll issue the policy that way. Shortly after that, usually within a month or two, they're going to send a, somebody out to take a look at the home and they'll walk around the outside and take measurements and and they'll come inside and to try to take a look at the finishes that you have in the home and and some of the unique features that are in your home and that's when they're going to really fine tune that what that replacement cost estimate is because especially our clients Jim 
they don't have just kind of standard track homes. They're going to have more custom built homes with, with unique features, right? So no online calculator that these standard market carriers are going to, are using can really estimate what it would cost to rebuild the home. Based on the appraisal that this person comes up with, they will adjust the coverages to reflect the um, the appropriate limits. And, uh, and then therefore the premiums will adjust as well. But the peace of mind knowing that, hey, I have the exact amount of coverage I'm going to need if there's a total loss to my home. I think that that's, that's just priceless, right? right. So it's um, that peace of mind and, and knowing that these carriers are just going to do whatever they can to, to rebuild your home the way that it was uh, and, uh, and really make you whole again. And the last time you want to figure out that there's, you know, maybe some gaps in the coverage is at claim time. Yeah. You, know, you do have a, a major loss. Last thing you want to be doing is dealing with it all the time. I mean, it, it could be incredibly emotional, very stressful. And the last thing you want to do is run into a situation where you've reached a policy limit you didn't know existed. And next thing you know, you're coming out of pocket you know, for tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars that you could have easily prevented if you just had better coverage. A uh, mentor of mine early in my career, uh, he he said, you know, with our clients, we talk money twice whenever we're we're proposing uh, either a new business proposal or a renewal proposal to our client. And then when there's a claim, he was like, I'd rather have the tough conversation up front saying what you need to be paying than have that tough conversation on the back end during a claim and saying there's not enough. So that's um that's a two times we talk about money with our clients. So a couple other questions on on the homeowner's policy, and then we'll move on to the to the car. You know, you mentioned like if there's a total loss and having that guaranteed replacement value. So whatever it costs to rebuild the place, that's on the insurance company. But you mentioned during COVID, the, the building prices went through the roof. It was harder to find labor. So it's not like the rebuild process is going to happen in like 90 days. I mean, you you could you could be out of your home for quite some time. So how do these better carriers handle your living arrangements while the house is being rebuilt? Is there a limit to how much time you can be living elsewhere. Do they put you in a tiny apartment? Do you get a bigger house? Like, how do they how do they treat that? Yeah, so that's actually I think a big differentiator between I would say standard market carriers versus these carriers that we're referencing is is how that would be handled. So these policies they typically they don't have a dollar limit or a time limit attached to them, whereas a standard market carrier will either have a time limit or a dollar limit attached to them. So so that's just what's known as actual loss sustained for these carriers. And from there, like it's, they're trying to keep you as with as little interruption as possible in your life. So they're going to try to keep you near the school that you're used to going to, um, you know, near work so that that way you don't have extra mileage in and just to minimize the impact that this has on your life as much as possible. So a lot of times what they do is they try to find a home as close to your neighborhood as possible that's for sale that where the the owners already moved out and they say, hey, we'll rent this off of you for however many months and um, and then they furnish it for you and move move you in and uh, and so you can stay there while your home's being rebuilt or or fixed uh, and or um, I have this one case where my clients had these big Newfoundland, Newfoundland dogs. Um, and they had, they had like three of them and they had all these trails set up at their home that the dogs love to run in and, and everything. And, and really nobody that owned these homes in the neighborhood really wanted to 
have all these dogs in their home that's going to eventually be for sale, right? Like understandably. And no hotel would really want these three gigantic dogs in, in the <laughs> hotel either. So uh, our carrier partner came up with a solution, you know, because it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It was going to be like maybe maybe a month. They rented an RV for our clients. They parked the RV. Now this is, it was a luxury RV. They parked <laughs> it in, in the like driveway area uh, of their, of their house. And so that way they still had access to their property to maintain the, the, the dogs were able to run like they usually are. And, um, and so that was, that was the solution that that's what was important to the client. And that's what the solution that we came up with. So it's, um, it's really, it's all about just as minimal impact on our clients' lives as, as possible and trying to maintain that lifestyle. Yeah. I think a lot of people are probably thinking about if they ever had a, a, an accident in their car and it's like, Hey, you have rental coverage. And then you look at the rental car they give you and you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. You're you know? driving, driving a clown car. Yeah. It's one thing if it's just a car, but imagine if it's like you're living in this beautiful home and next thing you know, you're in a place that's a, you know, a fraction of the size and you know, so that, that's pretty good customer service, being able to get a house of you know, comparable size and value and, and really minimize the impact on your life. Like you said, that's what, the goal. A, what about, uh, you know, you were hearing more and more about people that are, you know, they're getting hacked, right? There's, there's some cybersecurity threats and, you know, that can obviously be just not only tremendous inconvenience, but I mean, you can lose all kinds of crazy amounts of money. What about cyber protection? What, what can people do in that area? Yeah, this has become such a big topic for our clients. Uh, we did a survey last year of all of our clients, and 78% of our clients are concerned about cyber threats. And I thought that that was just insane. But before our show here, I wanted to look up some stats for cyber issues in the United States. And I thought that this was just amazing. It's an estimated 53.35 million U.S. citizens have been affected by cybercrime just in the first half of 2022. The The data for the rest of the, the year isn't available yet. That's insane. <laughs> and, isn't it? And it's estimated that U.S. citizens lost $6.9 billion in 2021 to cyber-related crimes, including romance scams, investment scams, and business email compromise. Unbelievable. So, it's uh, it's insane. Uh, you know what can happen. These cyber criminals are going to find ways to to get access to whatever they want to get access to. It's uh, more and more we live our lives online. We have connected devices. You know, I I just in, installed one of those Ring doorbells uh, the other day. So and it's all connected, and and so there's different vulnerabilities. That's why a lot of these carriers they they're coming out with cyber protection packages as an endorsement, which means like an add-on sort of feature to their homeowner's policy. So what types of things would that cover then? So if you, you get hacked, your identity is stolen, next thing you know, there's mortgages being taken out in your name and credit cards. You know, what what does a cyber policy endorsement do for me? Yeah. So basically what they're going to do is number one, help you regain your identity. So they have experts that are, that you that you call and they're going to talk through and of what you need to do to fix whatever's going on. And, and I think that that's, that's the real value in this program is because I feel like I wouldn't know what to do if, if this happened to me. Right. And, and so, but another thing that's going to cover is say your files were being held ransom in your home network and the criminal says deposit, you know, however many Bitcoin 
to 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 a certain account uh, by a certain time where where the files are going to be lost forever. Number one, I wouldn't know how to obtain it a Bitcoin. You might know, Jim, but I have no idea, and and I'd have to uh, figure that out and then figure out how to how to send it. And there's no guarantee that this guy is going to really release my files when it's all done, right? right. So it's nice to have these experts, you call them and then they walk you through it. They're going to, they're going to say, you know, let's keep them on the, you know, keep chatting with them or keep them on the phone, whatever it might be. And they are trying to hack the, the, uh, hack the hacker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, the carrier rep was telling me the story that this happened and they were able to, to get into the hacker's uh, computer and disconnect it, ever, whatever it was. And so my, the clients got their, their, uh, files back and uh and they were and the criminal wasn't able to connect with them again but and you know so that's kind of kind of the big benefit now there are some financial benefits to this coverage as well whereas say that you are a victim of like a phishing scheme or uh some you know some sort of uh, uh fraud uh then there's coverage that can indemnify you for for those losses so um and there's different levels of coverage you can purchase obviously higher limits lower limits and we we talk about how much how you know work they do online financial you know work they do online do they do a lot of wire transfers do they um you know are they maybe older folks are more susceptible to these phishing emails to put in like banking passwords and things like that um, where they shouldn't. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, you know, discussion to have. And it's nice to have that peace of mind knowing that if something like that would happen, that you'd have some experts in your, in your team to, uh, to help you through it. Excellent. So let's shift gears and we'll, we'll wrap up with, uh, with car insurance. You know, people, people like their cars, you know, you spend a lot of money on them, you enjoy driving them, driving them every day. And, yeah, then you get into a fender bender and you look at the damages and it's like, great, we got to go through this, get my rental car, right? And then you know, give the car over to the body shop and who knows when you get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's one of those times where people start to learn the hard way of some of the limitations of their policies. So what what are some of the differences between, you know, the kind of the off-the-shelf car insurance policy out there by all the big brand names we see on TV versus what some of these these higher end carriers will do? I think the biggest one is uh, how they would settle a total loss on your vehicle where standard market carriers, they operate on usually what's known as an actual cash value. So meaning they're going to try to determine what the value of your vehicle was one second before that accident occurred. So they're going to depreciate it for the mileage, the tread on the tires, try to determine the condition of the vehicle before the accident. And then they're going to come up with a number to, um, to offer you. Whereas with with the carriers that we work with, they they operate on an agreed value uh, basis, meaning when you go into a policy year and you get your new policy, on the policy, it's going to list a number next to your vehicle, your agreed value number. And so you know, if during that policy year, you're in a total loss scenario, then that's, that's what you're going to get from the carrier. There's no... There's no adjuster coming out and saying, well, you know, your tires were bald, so we're going to deduct $800 from here. And really, you know, the condition the paint on his vehicle really wasn't taken care of. So we're going to deduct, you know, a couple thousand dollars there. It's nope, here's, here's what it said on the policy and this is what you're going to get. And then, so that's an agreed value. So you can always ask to increase that coverage uh, from the carrier. Usually the, the kind of threshold is 10% 
um, we can go up uh, with that. And if it needs to go more than that, then it's, we usually have to have a discussion with with the um, the underwriter to prove like, hey, this vehicle actually is worth this. And usually we have to show some some recent sales for some vehicles, maybe get an expert if it's like a high-end sports vehicle. A lot of those retain their value a little bit more. So, um, and I've done that in a few cases where um, where we we asked to increase that coverage, but typically it's 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 more than Kelly Blue Book, and um, and so our clients are are really happy with the results and the process if they if they go through a, a loss like that. What about for like if, if there's a damage to the vehicle and, and using, you know, I'm thinking if you have a BMW or Mercedes or you have a, you know, exotic sports car, the difference between using genuine parts from that manufacturer versus, you know, some kind of an aftermarket part that will work, but it's just not genuine. Yeah. I mean, our clients really take pride in their, their vehicles. They spent a lot of money on that BMW or uh, Maserati, different vehicles like that. They want to rebuild the vehicles the way that they were before the accident. And so our carriers that we use, they offer guaranteed OEM parts. They're never going to use an aftermarket part unless for some reason it's not available anymore. If it's an older vehicle that is no longer being manufactured by the manufacturer, by the manufacturer, then, um, then obviously they can't use OEM parts, but it's, um, it's guaranteed in the policy as long as they're available. And I think that's for our clients that really invest in their vehicles, that's probably a really big uh, piece to it and big selling point. Uh, because it's it's very important. They love their cars. They take care of them, and and it's they want they want to maintain them the best they can. And it's a safety thing too, because when we start putting aftermarket parts on the vehicles, a lot of these new safety sensors and features they're meant to work in cohesion with each other. And so uh, we start throwing aftermarket parts on there. Sometimes they might not work the way that they're intended to. So one last question, and this is uh, this comes up a lot is, you know, you go to rent a car, you're at the rental counter and they ask you, do you want to get the insurance in the rental company or do you want to decline it? And a lot of people in that moment go, I don't know if my car insurance policy covers me or not if I rent this vehicle. So they end up just buying the insurance through the uh, the rental car company. How do policies cover in these in these better carriers? How do they cover rental, rental cars when you're on vacation, things like that? Uh, typically, uh, the carriers and I'm not every carrier does things different. So, um, but just in general, that you would be covered by your primary auto insurance uh, policy for your liability if you would damage another vehicle or injure somebody, as well as the property damage to to the vehicle you're renting. The problem comes in that a lot of times these rental agencies they'll also charge you a fee for the vehicle being out of service for a period of time while it's getting repaired or replaced. And also um, a diminution of value claim. Uh, And so those two things would not be covered by your primary auto insurance provider. And you'd have to pay out of pocket. Now, some credit cards have that coverage in in place. I think uh, American Express check your, your, uh, you know, contracts with them that you can, you can get that coverage if you purchase a rental car with those cards but um, that's some that's a gap that that we see sometimes. Uh, but typically, your auto insurance provider would do it. So, and people say, well, what's the best way to do it? Um, should I should I buy the insurance? Should I not? It's really up to you. Um, for me, I mean, if it's going to be a short one, I typically take the insurance because if there's a claim, then it's not going to hit my auto insurance. It's I I take the the vehicle back and. 
I wipe my hands and I'm done. I don't have to deal with it. It, it would be a claim on my auto insurance. I'd have to pay my deductible. And then it's a hit on my on my record, right? And so I'll probably get a surcharge on my auto insurance then. So it depends on on the situation. But if it's a shorter period that I'm renting the vehicle, I typically buy the insurance. Awesome. Mike, there was, there was so much good information in this episode. Um, I mean, I just, I know that people are going to be taking lots of notes and I'm sure they have lots of questions. If somebody wants to reach out to you directly and just have you take a look at their coverages, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I'd say probably email me and uh, that's mike.more at marshmma.com. And uh, be happy to take a look and at your coverages and, and really build a plan for you, just like we talked about today. Fantastic. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, with that, Eric, let me turn it back over to you to wrap us up. Absolutely. This is a fantastic podcast. Mike, you had a ton of great information. Jim, of course, you had a ton of great questions, and that's what led to that. Um, I know that insurance and uh, protection is part of an overall plan, uh, Jim. And when people want to talk to you about an overall plan for all their finances, um, we've talked about this before. This is what you do. This is what you do for a living. So please give them your contact info as well uh, so that they can reach out to you and, and start that process. Absolutely. Easiest way to reach us is just to email us at info at mcgovernwealth.com or you can go to our website www.mcgovernwealth.com and uh, on there is a form just to contact us and we'll reach out to you and we'll have a conversation. Fantastic. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and all the information today. And of course, our last Thank you, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast with Jim McGovern. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at McGovern Wealth Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode, or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA Insurance License Number 0F67329. AR Insurance License Number 7119103. California Insurance License Number 0F67329. Arkansas Insurance License Number 
7119103. Compliance number 2023-150391 expires February 2025.